welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today, for our guest, we have Madison Spencer Engel, who is going to be one of the most famous Beverly Crusher cosplayers out there, and has a whole host of advice on good cosplay, as well as just being a great fan. For the geek resources part of the show, I have a website that every Mystery Science Theater fan should be aware of. So let's get right to it. We are here with Madison Spencer Engel. Did I say that right? Madison Spencer Engel. Yes. Okay. And uh, you are a favorite in the Trek cosplay community. And the co- Trek cosplay community, in my mind, doesn't get enough love because we're just kind of a niche within a niche. But I think that you're you're helping us come out of that. So thanks for being here. Oh, it is my great pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, well, I mean, if somebody has been trying to get advice on how to make a uniform or how to get the right material for something, you have tended to show up and and be the person on the spot to give that advice. So thank you for that. Oh, you know, I appreciate it. And, you know, I I get messages on my Twitter, on my Instagram, on my Facebook. I I will get messages, people saying, where did you get this? Where did you find this? How did you source this? And I will always share the information. Some, sometimes I can absolutely be helpful, and I will, I will send them to the source, and I will say, I got it here. I found it here. Sometimes people will make things for me. Uh, I'm very fortunate here in my area. I have access to some very wonderful people that I can send them pictures, and I will say, can you 3D print this for me? And they will say, oh, my gosh, absolutely. I would love to make that for you. And I will do the and you know, they'll make things for them. Um, but I am one of those that I will always share the information. If you know, it, it's about getting more and more people cosplaying. So I believe share the information, share the wealth. The more people that are out there doing it, uh, you know, I, I don't own the rights to cosplaying Beverly Crusher. You know, I just do my version of her. I've seen some beautiful Beverly Crushers out there. So I am very happy to see more of them out there. You do own that character, at least in that particular incarnation. <laughs> but, um, you, you just knocked that right out of the park. I'm wondering why they didn't cast you, but you know, I'm sure Gates wouldn't be happy <laughs> with me saying that. That's, that's, you know, it's so funny, and I appreciate that very much. I take it as a huge compliment. Um, I've been at a couple of conventions here in my area, and I've been standing in in my full Beverly and I've had fans run down the aisle thinking that it's her and they've run up to me. I have actually been at STLV and I've had fans come up to me and start talking to me. And I realize that they think I'm Gates McFadden and you Mm -hmm. have to very quickly do the math in your head where you go, do you tell the kid at Disneyland that it's not Mickey Mouse? Uh So I, I just stand there and I listen and I let them, tell me their story and I give them their photo and they ask for a hug and, and I don't want to ruin their day. No. You know, so I just, and I've also discovered there are some sites that sell photographs of celebrities and there's a site that has photos of Gates McFadden for sale, and, but they're actually photographs of me. Oh my Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a, a, it's a compliment, but it can be yeah. annoying for both you and Gates. I've, I've shown it to her at convention, and she just sort of laughs and just, what, and what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? And she has been very kind to me at 
uh, conventions um, when she's seen my cosplay and she's retweeted me and liked. She has always been very kind. She is one of those that is very kind to her cosplay fans and all her fans in, in general. But when I've gone up to her with photos and have met her, she has always been very, very kind to me. And I mean, I'm, I'm calling you a, a cosplayer because, I mean, that's what you're doing. But I feel like that's almost a disservice because you legitimately did costume work for the show and for several other shows uh, in your past. I and did. That's, that's, that's where you built a lot of your talent, I'm sure. Yes, I am. I was a costumer and costume designer in my career. I was very fortunate at a very young age. I knew what I wanted to do at probably about age 12 or 13. I went to my parents and I said, I want to do costumes for film and television. I was one of those children um, that Star Wars changed my life. Uh, I have no issue with my age. I, I'm 51. So seeing Star Wars as a very young child changed my life. Um, the Carol Burnett Show, growing up in the Carol Burnett Show, um, shows like Dynasty, all of these very high conceptual costume shows I would just voraciously watch. And when I discovered costume, it, it really sort of changed my life. Um, Buck Rogers, Battlestar Galactica, Logan's Run, uh, Flash Gordon, uh, all of that sort of stuff just coming at me. I knew what I wanted to do. And I was very fortunate when I told my parents what I wanted to do. They were like, oh, thank God. We were worried you wanted to go into like a real business world career or something. How do we make this happen? So my parents completely embraced me wanting to go into the arts and completely supported it, which is unheard of within itself. On occasion, and, yeah. Yes, I know. It was very rare, very weird. So um, I attended the University of Kansas and got my undergrad in um, theater design with an emphasis in costume design. And I went to Hollywood and very quickly, I was out there maybe a year and a half until I got my very first non-union feature with Sean Patrick Flannery, who had just finished on the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Right. Uh, we did a very low-budget film, and that led to a non-union uh, TV series, and I got my union time, and I began to work and meet people, and that just led to working and meeting people, and I was able to day check, and... I, I was able to do some amazing, amazing work. And um, so, yes. And uh, I did some, some, great, some great things in Hollywood. And I never had time to do the conventions and cosplay and do these sorts of things when I had access to all the real fabrics and all the real props and all the time. You never had time when you're working 16, 18, 20-hour days. You don't have time. And um, now I'm able to take that knowledge and knowing what fabrics were, but how to recreate those things, but in more comfortable fabrics and things that will wash and wear better. Um, so I'm able to take that knowledge and now some of the technology and make use of the technology that can make things faster and more affordable um, and com combine those worlds, the knowledge and the new technology. And, and now I can do it. So, yes. And the fact that you're doing it now in your retirement just speaks to the fact that you truly do this out of love and because it's fun for you. Yes. And I mean, the, you were blessed to be able to do it for a living for a while. Not everybody gets that option, but you just like to do this. And I'm just looking at the look on your face right now. I can see that. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I do it out of love. You know, I also, uh, Star Trek will always be very, very special to me. I am also very fortunate because I do also Star Wars cosplay. Mm-hmm. And through the Star Wars side, I get invited to uh, do a lot of charity events. And that is really an amazing event, uh, things that I get to go do. Star Trek doesn't get, for some reason, doesn't get invited to the to the level of charity events that Star Wars does. So I will I use my entree into cosplay um, and my knowledge, and I took that into some Star Wars cosplay to be able to go to the charitable side. So now I use that free time that I have, and I will do charitable events and doing Star Wars cosplay. My first love will always be doing Star Trek cosplay. I, I that will. That's where my heart will always be, will be with Star Trek. I admit it. Now, one of the things that I love to do on this show is really highlight people who are trying to add positivity to the world. So when you're doing charitable events, what charities do you really like to uh, contribute toward? Well, because I had to retire a few years ago, I am legally blind. I have retinitis pigmentosis. The best way I can describe this to people is if you have ever uh, gone skiing or scuba diving and you wear a scuba mask and if you go like this and you have no peripheral vision and it gets smaller and smaller, that is what my vision is doing. It is closing in on me. I have a very narrow, narrow field of vision um, and it's getting progressively worse. So my special ones that I try to, anytime I can go to anything that deals with vision loss I go to all the walks for the blind. Um, I also do a lot with Hope's Hope's Kids charities um, and any uh, women's charities that I can do. I try to hit those especially. I'll be glad to add all those to the show notes for sure. Thank you so very much. I appreciate that. Not a problem. Is there any way we can direct a donation specifically in your name or just toss some money their way? Uh, I, anyone does not need to do it in my name. I do not mind at all. Everyone should just do what they can do for themselves. I have no problem with that. You know, everyone just do what you can do for you is great. And sometimes just sending some good thoughts out to the universe is, is a positivity within itself. Can do, can do. So one of the, your more clever ideas is the closet cosplay. I oh, love how you put those together. Oh, the track boundings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that came about and, I, and from, uh, there was some wonderful group of people that created a Disney bounding where, because you were not allowed to wear costumes at any of the Disney properties. So people wanted to come up with a way of paying homage to their Disney characters and they would sort of pull from their closets. So I was thinking, how can I do this with Trek characters? So I started looking at ways of going through my closets and seeing what I had that I was like, huh, you know what this color looks like? And with this, I can create this and with this necklace or this pair of pants. And so I started creating and putting up on the Star Trek um, cosplay page, Trek Bounding, and just a way for some people who might not be ready to commit to the full cosplay. And some of us who are just that geeky that like introducing it into our everyday wardrobe, just ways of pulling from things that you own um, and I try to keep things really cost effective. And I will, so I will search on Amazon, um, eBay, 
Etsy, Target. And if you have an idea of what you're looking for, if you pick a character, if you shop with a, a picture of that character in mind and you go through, you're like, okay, let's find a shirt. You can find things and you just sort of create a character that looks like that and you can just wear it to work and in, and you can just pay homage to your own little Trek character and do your own everyday cosplay. That's a neat idea. It really is. It's 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 fun and it's one of those things and, and every once in a while, you know, you pass someone on the street and they'll get it and they'll just, you know, because sometimes Trek characters, you know, and Trek fans were sort of like closet Trek fans and, you know, sometimes we sort of pass each other on the street and it's sort of like, okay, I see you, but I don't want to admit to anyone I see you. And I, I'm a, a very proud Trek fan. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, Trek fan right here, very loud and proud about it. But some some still feel the need to be sort of quiet about it. So I just think those sort of ways are that people can sort of go, oh, I see you. I see you being a, a proud Trek fan. I see, I, it's about 50-50 for me. I will see the people who are like the closet fans and they, they, they're a little nervous about, you know, saying something in public. And then there are the people, you know, I'll be going around with my bag or my hoodie or something, and they all have the little symbol on them. And it's like that you see this moment of, oh, and they're like, this actually means so much to this person that they're wearing it out in public. Right. And it's like they're, they're, they're just happy for the fact that somebody's doing it, even if they're not a fan at all. Right. And that, that's a really fun look to see on somebody's face. One of my favorites is when I'll be traveling to a convention and I'll put my bag um, going through security and the TSA agent will get it and they'll and they'll they'll do this or they'll or they'll recognize the badge or they'll ask about something. I love it when a security guard gets it. And it, it's amazing. I've been let through like security areas to get through places faster at conventions uh, because <laughs> people have recognized a badge or a bag or something that I've been wearing. And that's always kind of nice when it will sort of help you get through places when people will recognize it. Doesn't always happen, but sometimes it can be helpful. I think I almost got thanked for my service once. I had to correct the guy that I wasn't actually in the military. I just had a really cool shirt on. I have um, sort of a Trek founding jacket that I created, um, sort of a fall jacket. It was um, black and teal quilted and I put a Starfleet medical badge patch on the sleeve and uh, someone did uh, something very similar about thanking me. And I was like, oh gosh, I totally forgot that was there. Cause we don't think about those things for us. It's just, you know, and you forget that people don't completely look at you and really pay attention to what you're wearing for us. We're just having our fun, mm -hmm. just living our lives, having our fun. And you forget that other people are looking at it a little bit differently than we mm -hmm. are. So I understand. Yeah. The first time I, I, I really just realized that that was what it was going to be was I, I went out to a convention. I met with met Avery Brooks. He was my last autograph of the day, and he spent a lot of time talking with everybody. And his line was going way out the building and around the door. So for him to spend five minutes with each person took hours and right. hours. He's just a gentleman of a guy in the first place. I finally wrap up. I it was like six thirty. I was planning on being out of there at like quarter after four, so I was famished. I sped right down to the nearest. I think it was the Cheesecake Factory. Got got a table, sat down, and ordered the first thing that looked good. And then I realized I never changed. And I'm sitting here miles from the convention, dressed in a full Starfleet uniform, 
and I just don't care. I, it, right. I, I just don't care. At some point, you're like, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I just, it is, it is what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And there's sometimes I've, I've walked out of conventions, and I expect to get a response, and I've gotten nothing. Like I left a convention one time in like full blue and silver, seven of nine, mm-hmm. and I was with like full prosthetics and you know, full corset and expecting and nothing. And I'm like, okay, this is actually sort of strange. I sort of expected something. And I, and then you realize how much people are truly are in their own bubble, in mm-hmm. their own world. And it was actually sort of refreshing, realizing people have their own stuff going on. And you can just walk through life, do your own thing, and you don't have to worry about people worrying about you. And it was actually sort of cool. It was a, it was one of those self-aware moments going, I don't have to worry because people are worrying about their own stuff and not even paying attention to this blue and silver and prosthetic and yeah. In the grand scheme of life and when it comes to weird things people could be doing and people you should be worried about, we're very low on that ladder. Truly. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. If, if the strangest thing going on is that I'm wearing a funny shirt, I'm, I want to shake your hand because you don't really have a lot of problems in life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. But uh, to me, that's all part of, you know, and I and I know I've really been pushing lately the Trek positivity on, like, all my social media. Mm-hmm. And part of that has just come from, it just seemed like, and I hate using phrases like, um, you know, the toxicity and toxicity and just you know, toxic fans and um, what's the other one they always talk about? Gatekeeping. And, and I'm like, we're, people have their fandom and they love it and they feel passionate about it. I like to try to think of it like that. People are passionate about what they care about, about their fandom. And some people feel very passionate and that makes them feel a certain type of ownership of it is part of the phrasing that people use for that. It's not a phrasing that I use because I don't understand. I don't understand that phrasing of ownership Um, because we don't, we don't own any of it. We, we, we have our own level of of loving it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my love for all the Star Trek things. Mm -hmm. Can I rank them? Sure. Sure I can. I think most of us, not everyone. I know some people that can go, they love each one equally. And I think that's awesome. Um, So this positivity kick I have been on has just been sort of my way of saying, let's not worry about that. You know, if these people want to get angry about this particular franchise show Mm -hmm. that's on this particular pay-per-view that's fine. Does it affect you if they get angry that this particular species looks a particular way? Does it affect you in the grand scheme? It really doesn't. So we don't have to get on our keyboards and throw all kinds of angriness at them because in the grand scheme, it doesn't affect us. It's affecting them because they're getting all upset about it. We don't have to let it affect us. This group over here is might be getting upset because Perhaps women now in the Star Trek universe are really having a whole lot to say. 
okay, that's great. Is this really a bad thing? No, I, I don't really particularly see the problem. I, you know, I think the men have plenty to say also, but we don't have to get on our keyboards and be slamming all of this and slamming all of that. So my, I, I know I've really been flooding the internet with positivity stuff on Twitter and on Facebook and with my photo op Fridays that my friend Tyler has been working with me on photo op Fridays and cosplay Mondays. And we're just trying to say, look, we all love Star Trek. Let's just have fun with it. And we don't have to say, I love it more and I love it more because of this and I own it more because of that. It's just, we all love it. Let's just enjoy it. And I know that's really simplistic and I get that. And sure. I own that that's simplistic. But that's just that's just how I feel about it. I like to call that alpha geek syndrome. Yeah. When, you know, two people realize they're fans of the same thing and then one has to prove they know more than the other. I've had people do that with me. It's like, well, do you know? It's like, maybe I know, maybe I don't. I mean, I can rattle off classes of ships and I can rattle off actors who played who. But there are things that I just completely blank on. I, you know, I don't know what star base is near what planet. And right. the Internet's there for me to look it up if I need to know. OK, it's that we don't have to get into competitions. Exactly. You know, and I think the people that can do that stuff, I think that is amazing. The fact that people can tell you what the combination of Kirk's locker was in mm -hmm. episode number. I think that's amazing. I think it's really cool. Can I? Absolutely not. But I don't think it makes me any less of a fan. And I don't think it makes me any less of a fan because I'm a woman. I don't think it makes me any less of a fan because I also like Discovery, because I also consider it canon, because I also like this. I like it. And I just, I get disappointed at the fans when they start clashing at each other. It's like, we've all got enough stuff going on let's at least take this that we have in common and use this as a common point to say, hey, we've got this. Let's come together over this at least and calm down. Again, I know it's simplistic. That's one, I don't understand that thought process because Discovery is not the first time I've seen it. I've heard people say Enterprise isn't canon or the JJ movies aren't canon. And I'm like, well, it's made by CBS and they're saying it is so... CBS versus some guy on his couch. I'm thinking I'm going to go with CBS ones. And you don't have to like it. You can just say, it's not my cup of tea. I'm going to go watch something else. You're allowed to do that. Then don't watch it. Yeah. Remember when, T remember when TNG came out? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not my Trek. There's no Kirk. Klingons mm -hmm. look different. Remember everything that it was getting slung out when it came out. And then all of a sudden, it was just suddenly it was now held up, you know. Mm -hmm. So what is the phrase? No one hates Trek like a Star Trek fan. <laughs> that is very true. <laughs> you know, and that's why I'm like, again, that's why we've just been pushing this Star Trek positivity. We're on our way to ST, STLV, which is coming up soon. And we were just trying to say, look. We're coming together as a community very soon, and we just wanted to head to this big convention where we're coming from around the world and just come at it with lots of great vibes and 
we're happy that the actors still come and the creative team still comes together and we get to see them and hear stories. And this is going to be the last time that we're going to get to see Michelle. And a lot of us are very fortunate that we've seen her before and have gotten pictures and have heard stories from her. Um, we don't know how many more times we're going to get to see some of these actors and hear their stories and just to set all this other stuff aside and remember this was a great tv show and movies and characters and to separate the actor from those characters and remember it's these characters and the stories that brought us together very well said thank you uh, and and when it comes to the positivity, that's one thing that I've, I've definitely been working on on my end. And that's one reason I started following you even more than I already was, was that there's so much negativity out there and toxicity. And I don't really feel like being the behavior police. I, I'm, we're all grownups here. But instead of trying to get somebody to stop doing that, I just want to add a, an alternative to it. I want there to be a choice that you can come to somebody, your channel or mine or somebody else and just say, hey, Here's something good. Here's something we can look at that benefits everybody instead of tears them down. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, and I, I don't, I don't mean to be all Pollyanna. I'm certainly not one of those people that's always, oh, everything is just sunshine and unicorns, you know, but there, Star Trek is one of those things, I think for most of us that it, it is one of our go-tos when it's like, oh man, I'm having a day. I need a Voyager episode. Click. You know, I just. Uh, you know, I, I, I need to, I need some Kirk, you know, I, I you know, I, I need some Janeway click. I need, I need something. It's just, it's one of those things that for us, that those of us that grew up on it or that we had through college or through, for whatever we've had for most of us, it has been there for our whole lives mm -hmm. and it has been, it's been an escape. It's been fun. And that's what I like it to continue to be for people. And the cosplay for me has been um, a continuation of that, to be able to create those characters, embody them, take them out to the community and go to conventions and stand in and do photo ops so people can do pictures with those characters that they never got a chance to. <laughs> and I love being able to do that. That seems to make people really excited. And that's just another way of being able to to bring those good vibes out to people. Um, and that's what I try to do. And that's why I try to repost the photos that I do, my cosplay photos. And um, and so I always invite people, hey, share your photos with me on, you know, with a hashtag on my Instagram or my Twitter or my Facebook. Bring them. I love seeing them. Show them to me. I will retweet them. I'll comment on them. I love doing it. I love seeing them. That's one of the amazing things about social media and our extended Trek family mm -hmm. is friends all over the world. It's the nice thing about the internet is that you don't, you're not bound by the people next to you. And if you have things in common with somebody on the other side of the planet, you can make that happen. Exactly. Exactly. I have friends in England, all, all over the UK, um, that I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing at STLV. And that I, I mean, they are, they're, they're Trek family. You know what that is. They're mm -hmm. Trek family. And you only get to see them a couple of times a year at various conventions. 
And it's like no time has passed. You pick up those conversations. How's everything's going? How's the family? What's going on? You keep up with everything. And those feelings you have for them, you know, you care for them. And there's that friendship love, you know. And I'm one of those people that I'm very comfortable with that word that I can say I love you to my friends. And it's a different kind of love. And we have those friends that don't use that word. That that's a very that's a very close word, and I respect that. And I'm one of those people that I can say to my friends, "I love you." And it's a different kind of it's a different kind of love. And I absolutely have love for those track friends. And when I see them, I can't wait to, to hug them and tell them how much I love them. So we're definitely gonna have to get a selfie together at some point. I'm thinking. Absolutely, yes, I'd love to. Okay, um, but now I feel like I need to satisfy some curiosity here. Okay. You did work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I did. I did the I did the last season. Okay. That almost answers my question there because I really had to know if I could personally thank you for Fiesta Giles. Oh my god. Yeah. The the last season was uh, incredible. I took care of what I called uh the Slayerettes when they had mm-hmm. all the little Buffies in training as we called mm-hmm. them. The little the little Slayerettes. And um, there were, there, oh my God, it, it was such a crazy last season. There was so much going on. And we had the bringers and we had um, Nathan Fillion was there. Mm-hmm. Remember? I do. And, and it was just, and we were shooting the, the this is going to be some good gossip. This is going to be some good gossip. I, I Well, it's been so long ago, I, I won't get in trouble for this. But it was just before Sarah Michelle was leaving for Australia to shoot Scooby-Doo. And so we had to finish because she was flying out on Wednesday morning because she had to be, because she started shooting on Thursday. We shot, we came in on Monday and we shot for 24 and a half hours. Oh my. To finish shooting, to get her out on, on time. And they forgot to put Spike on his last day of shooting because he's James is so easygoing, just just so cool, laid back. They forgot to put him on the call sheet. They had to bring in his stunt double. I'm so going to get in trouble for this. They had to use his stunt double for some of the long shots when they were when we're like walking out of the school mm-hmm. and there's like all the the little sleigh rats and you see him it's actually a stunt double in his wig i'm gonna have to rewatch that again yeah, and check it out. it's a stunt double yeah i'm sure they hit it pretty well because i never knew until now but yeah now i know to look for it yeah i'm, I'm still gonna get in trouble for that one yeah yeah. Well, I would say that I won't call attention to it, but uh, I mean, at this point, it's already on the internet, so. <laughs> uh, I'm sure someone else has already said it, so. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I'm sure you're having things to do, and I don't want to keep you too long, but I really did appreciate all of this. So if somebody wants to follow all of your st- uh, social media and internet presence, where could they find you? Space Geek Girl. It is my Twitter, my Instagram. And my cosplay Facebook, Space Geek Girl. And I strongly recommend that because if, whether you're looking for just really high-end cosplay photos or just some down-to-earth advice on the basic stuff, you are definitely the person to go to on that. And you're making Trek cosplay much more of a thing than it's been in the past. 
You are so very kind. Thank you so much. I appreciate all that. Thanks for being here. I would like to thank Madison Spencer Engel for being my guest today, and if you are getting this episode right as it comes out, and you happen to be at STLV, take a look for her. If you'd like to get more information on her, check out the show notes at www.aaronbossig.com. Now for the Geek Resources section of the show, I'd like to point out the website www.mst3kinfo.com. MST3K Info is the satellite news. It is all the recent information on MST3K, all the backlogs, the episode guides, the trivia, the minutia. This is the first website any MST3K fan should hit. And I know there's a lot of people who are just discovering the show now because it's getting to Netflix and the new stuff is fantastic. But remember, MST3K has a rich, rich heritage that goes back decades, and I can't think of a better place to send you than MST3KInfo.com. And before I let you go, I always like to just recommend something we can do to help bring this community together. And I have thought of a lot of different ideas as to how I can reach out to you. This time, I would like to ask you, the listener, to reach out to me. And I don't care if you're getting this episode right as soon as it hits the internet, or if it's years in the future and you are just now discovering my show, please drop me a line. Send me an email at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com. That's bossig spelled B-O-S-S-I-G, podcast at yahoo.com. Just introduce yourself to me. Let me know why you listen. Let me know what you're into. And if you're one of those awesome people that uses your fandom to make the world a better place, tell me how. I don't care if it just makes it better in your home or in your community, or if you can make the world better on the global scale. Just let me know. I'd like to hear from you. Talk to you next time.